Don't keep these things inside. Don't find unhealthy ways to try to make the feelings go away. Face them head on and find people that will support you as you face those battles. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. On today's episode, we continue celebrating National Suicide Prevention Awareness Week with an interview with Richard Turnham. Richard leads the association's Survivors of Suicide Loss Support Group. This support group offers the opportunity to share, listen, teach, and learn with others also overcoming the loss of a loved one to suicide. You can get all the details at mhaok.org forward slash support groups. And we asked our friend Leah Spate to interview Richard today. So Leah, welcome. Um, Can you go ahead and tell our audience about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Leah Spate and I am the youth mental health specialist in charge of the youth advocacy program called Empowered Voices. So I have kind of facilitated that and coordinated that program. Right now, we have about 10 youth that are actively involved, which is really exciting. We just kicked off back in May. And so in the past three months, we've had 10 youth commit to the group. And I'm just really excited. They're great youth. They're really awesome. And they have such a heart for advocacy. So with September being National Suicide Awareness Month, but more specifically this week from September 6th, Through the 12th, it's National Suicide Awareness Week. We have kicked off a campaign called Call Me, and it is to share and promote advocacy um, and awareness of how big of an issue that suicide really is for Oklahomans. And we have been promoting and putting out statistics. We also have helplines that we have. We've created an infographic with national helplines and a QR code that people are able to scan and access those helplines directly on their phones. And so it's really, it's been really successful and really exciting to see people sharing these infographics from our Instagram and Facebook and being able to make it available to their followers and just spread that awareness to, sh- to tell people like you have resources, there are people that can help you and you're not alone in this. Okay, let's get the conversation started. The Mental Health Download starts now. So, Richard, I just, the question I have for you is, how did you get involved in facilitating this support group? What was it for you that really hit home for you that you were like, I want to lead this, I want to be a part of this, and to bring people together to talk about this topic with each other? Sure. I'm an LPC and an LADC, Licensed Professional Counselor, Licensed Alcohol and Drug Counselor, and I got into the field probably 12 years ago. And uh, I got an internship at 12 and 12 uh, here in Tulsa. It's a drug and alcohol treatment center. We have everything from detox to residential to transitional living to outpatient. So we, we run the whole whole gamut. We have 150 to 200 clients at a time. Right now we have over, over 150 people that are living at 12 and 12 receiving services. And so I did an internship there and they asked me if I wanted to be a counselor. And that's where I really started my counseling career. And I've worked my way up to clinical director, my boss and the COO, Tricia Mason. And she was doing this group and she needed a little bit more time because her new job is very time consuming and wanted to find someone that she felt like she could trust 
to, to take over this group and asked me if I would be interested. Being clinical director, it's it's more administrative, and so I don't get to practice counseling as much as I used to. And you know, I love practice counseling, and so I wanted to check it out. Came with her a few times and, and really enjoyed doing the group. And, and as I've been doing it the last year, year and a half, I've really began to really learn and love the group. Okay, so... Richard, can you walk the audience through what it's like to participate in the Survivors of Suicide Loss Support Group and, you know, really why you would encourage someone to come and participate? Obviously, it's it, this is causing someone a lot of pain in their life, sometimes even to the point that it's debilitating. And if a person never addresses it and never talks about it, then I think that that continues to... Um, keep them from progressing or healing or getting any better. And so you, you have to find some type of outlet that you can begin to address what's going on and begin the healing process. And so this is just such a safe place to do that because everyone else there has also experienced. And, you'll, and, and you know, we have people that have been coming for a long time and have a lot of experience and years of dealing with it, all the way up to people that have lost someone a week ago. So you have all different experiences, all different types of pain that, that people are dealing with. And so this is the, that opportunity to deal with that pain. And, and it's just it's not going to go away on its own. We definitely would not force anyone to share anything at all. You could literally come in and not say a word if that's what you would be comfortable with. But yeah, we would start off and I would go through each person um, and give them the opportunity to share their story and what they're going through. Usually starting with the most senior person first, and then each person would share, and then eventually it would come to that person, and they would have the opportunity to share their experience as well. And after everyone kind of shares why they're there, then we just kind of get into what the everyday life experience is. Again, that's what's so important is that unless you've experienced this, you really can't completely identify. And they talk about things like, you know, they they try to they had to go back to work and it was so awkward and some people say the wrong things and then they talk about friends that they thought were really good friends that are no longer there at all have completely abandoned them and then other friends that they didn't know were that good of a friends really start to become a huge part of their life and they talk about the anger that they might feel or the sadness just just all the various emotions and experiences that a person that's experienced this has gone through. So, Richard, as the facilitator of this support group, what have been some of the best coping skills that you've been able to impart to your support group members? The number one thing is just to be able to talk about it and to talk freely about it and to share every single emotion. The person's gone, and so it's okay to be mad. It's okay to feel depressed. It's okay whatever emotion that the person is feeling. And to be able to just talk about that is so important. And of course, the first few times, a lot of people are going to break down in tears and cry. And that's okay. I just find that the more times that a person can talk about it, the stronger they get each time, the less raw the emotions are. And the more they start to transition into just kind of finally accepting what happened and accepting what that means for their life moving forward. A lot of people have gotten into different forms of art as an expression of those emotions. Some people have gotten into advocacy. We've had people that are really huge advocates, you know, and going to all the conventions around the United States and 
around the state and, and speaking to high ranking um, officials about different laws and, and things that could be changed. So yeah, that's just a couple of ways that I found that people are able to cope. Okay, Leah, in hearing Richard explain everything about this wonderful support group, why would you encourage a young person, 18 or over, to attend this group if they have lost someone to suicide? Yeah, I think it's so important to talk about the feelings that you're experiencing. Even if you don't know how to verbally process them or verbally speak them, just being able to be around people who are able to verbally express their feelings allows you to relate and it allows you to feel that you aren't alone. I mean, there are so many people that I know. I mean, I think back in my life, I remember getting phone calls of a friend being like, Leah, I think my friend's going, you know, to die by suicide tonight and I don't know what to do. How should I reach out to them? And I just remember being like, don't let them hang up the phone, talk to them. But being so young, you don't really know. And so I think it's so important for people who have experienced that. It's so heartbreaking and it just, it hurts, but it's important to speak out and let people know that they're not alone and that there are other people that have gone through something very similar and just as heartbreaking that can support you and can help you through the emotions that you're feeling, uh, through the pain and the confusion that you're feeling. And it allows you to process it. And so I think it's super awesome to have a support group and a community that can relate to you and they know what to say. They know how to support you and what you need. Whereas like Richard was saying, some people just, they just don't know because they don't know how to relate. And so being able to be around people that know how to relate to you is super important and just really beneficial to helping cope and to work through the pain that you're experiencing and the loss that you're experiencing. So Richard, you have not lost someone to suicide personally, which I was so happy to hear. Um, So how does that affect the way you lead this support group? Yeah, I think it's, it's something I learned early on as a counselor is that, you know, I, I might not have had the same experience that my clients had, you know, I, my, my main population that I've served throughout my career has been drug and alcohol addiction, and I'm also not a an addict. And so I am able to pull up on my my own experiences and share those. You know, I've lost my father to cancer, and so I know what grief is like. But it is important to to not make it about you, and that whenever you do share personal things, to make it very clear that you're not saying that you identify with them. You know, it, it would be it would be insulting to someone if I said, well, I lost my dad to cancer. And so I know what you're going through. You just can't do that. Um, So what would you say is the most rewarding part of facilitating this group for you? I think that losing someone to suicide is such a unique experience. And it's, it's somewhat, you know, everyone's lost someone. But to lose someone to suicide is such a unique experience. And so, so many of the people come in and maybe they haven't talked about it with anyone or whenever they did talk to someone about it, they just got strange responses because people don't know how to respond because it's more rare that people just haven't experienced it. And so what's most rewarding is that they come in and they realize that you know the other people in the group have experienced something similar and they finally feel like they can talk to someone that really gets them and what they went through what this experience is like. 
All right. So as we end now, Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. And Richard, as is tradition here, we ask our guests to close us out with one last bit of wisdom. So Richard, take it away. Healing is hard work, and they say time heals all wounds, but time is not going to heal the wounds. It's the work that you do that will heal the wounds. And so you just, you have to find the courage within you to face these things. And as hard as it is, there's no doubt about it, it gets easier over time. And so don't keep these things inside. Don't find unhealthy ways to try to make the feelings go away. Face them head on and find people that will support you as you face those battles. 